0: So this is Joshua Porter and Clayton Atchison with Carbon Six. Uh we're doing uh, episode two, live from Prosper, uh the Elements of Success podcast. And I have
1: uh Clayton Atchison over here chatting with Chris Schifferling with Global Wired Advisors. I'm gonna let these guys take it away. Awesome. What's up, Clayton?
0: Hey, not much, man. How's this, the show? It is busy. It's actually first time I've been at Prosper. Okay. And uh man, like up late, right? There's parties late into the night and everybody's yes. like, oh, I'm going to bed. And then an hour later, oh, I'm going to bed soon. So you, you get up early. It's least- like
1: four in the morning. I'm like, okay, now I'll go to bed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's six in the morning. And, and now I'm yeah. like
0: $500 poorer. Yeah, exactly. After- <laughs> man. We're living off
1: of coffee and alcohol, basically. It's a good, it's a good lifestyle.
0: Yeah. I'm waiting on a coffee right now, but no, yes. it's been fun. A lot of, a lot of smart people here.
1: Yeah, Everybody is. you
0: meet, you're like, Nobody here is dumb.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's definitely def, it's look, man. It's 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 evolving. The space has evolved over the past four years, and what you're really starting to see is the genesis of the professionalizing of the space. Yep. And you're starting to see, you know, lots of institutional level, enterprise level people looking at this, saying, "Hey, there's a real opportunity inside of not just the marketplace, but just being digital and kind of living in the digital co- consumer products world, the digital commerce world." So, what's really cool about you guys is you guys are now gonna start Bring on. aggregating the shovels, which is really kind of the, the next click and iteration of maturity within this particular space, right? It's all of the software companies that that provide all of these sellers the right tools and the right things to actually grow the business. And that's a that's a really, really cool thing that you guys have carved out.
0: Thanks, man. It's kind of like the idea of, yeah, Like searching for gold, right? It's it. Not everybody finds gold, but everybody uses shovels, right? Everyone uses a pick.
1: Everyone uses a shovel, and they need them. But you're exactly right. Like I feel like
0: Amazon is moving fast. It is quick, but because there's just so much opportunity, and there's still like a ton of opportunity. Yeah, not that it's gone anywhere, but it's it's growing really, really fast. And uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about like what you do, what how you fit in? Absolutely. Thanks for the compliments,
1: by the way. Yeah, of course, man. Yeah, man. Can't just come to the buffet and eat. I got to provide some food, you know. So uh, yeah, I'm Global Wide Advisor. So we're we're the pretty much the leading investment bank, one of the only investment banks inside of this space. And so as I was telling you off, off camera, you know, how do you define an investment bank? In the institutional level, an investment bank is pretty much the only vehicle that's deployed to sell a company. You know, Fortune one thousand company, they don't use a business broker, they're not using even an, an MA advisor. They're using investment banking professionals to 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 and their products to pretty much do whatever they need to be done whether it's a divestiture which is a cute way of saying I've got five brands and I want to sell off one of them mm-hmm. I want to sell the whole thing I want to IPO you know I want to go public I want to raise capital etc you know so investment bankers professional investment bankers bring more to the table than just I hate to be disparaging but an email list and you know a website with you know listing businesses that's not a real thing in the institutional level so as we were just discussing as this space is professionalizing, the need for this type of product to go on a sales process with your business, with your company that's well beyond the aggregators. You know, and kind of that's really what you've seen pop up here and there Um, currently right now and even kind of sitting on this floor is you got a lot of folks who are just selling to one class. It's just the aggregators. and our process, if you've got a really good brand oriented, scalable uh, e-commerce consumer products company, we're taking you we're going to build a market we're going to go well past the aggregators we're going to go to private equity we're going to go to family offices we're going to go to corporate strategics you know we're going to put your particular business your deal in front of all the right people not just a spray and pray <laughs> honestly it's not just like a let me just throw a bunch of freaking you know spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks yeah. it's a very strategic surgical process that we deploy in selling a company
0: what i heard is you're really smart <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hopefully, but, man. Hopefully. Yeah. So
0: what does your uh like regular customer look like? Like your client, right? Is yeah. it like this massive, huge like business that you're even taking to like a whole nother level? Or do you try to kind of find them when they're like this like seed that's sprouting? Or how do you how do yeah, you find so, the people so you work
1: with? Great question. We have criteria. So we're working with digital consumer products. Um EBITDA's between one and a half to about 10 million. Revenues that represent about six to seven million upwards. So that's actually not. I
0: was expecting you to say way bigger.
1: We do go like up to eighty to one hundred million. So okay. we, I mean, ten million of EBITDA is probably a company that's doing at least you know fifty to sixty. But million. you said you
0: start around one and a half million EBITDA. Of EBITDA, yeah, yeah. that's right. So I mean, so, obviously more revenue, but still. Yeah, like and not- so
1: when you say the seed phase, typically when you find companies that are at that one and a half two million of EBITDA, they're still in massive growth mode. And so you can, and, and when they're in massive growth mode, that's really, that's actually one of the best times to really hit the bid and, and yeah. go sell your business because you still have a lot of meat on the bone. I'll use a bunch of cliches, but you got a lot of meat on the bone, right?
0: You got a ton of nice I spaghetti do, man. meat. What I know. The other it's ones are the, the shovels.
1: Think, the, I'm hungry. Shoveling food. <laughs> that's right. Just, just pile driving food in my mouth. So anyways, but yeah, that's actually one of the best times is when you can really tell the narrative, like the brand narrative, but mm-hmm. also the narrative that there's a lot of runway and scale for the company. That's 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 where you actually get top top valuation.
0: And so usually when you're doing this, like you're acquiring these companies, right? We're not, or not. Sorry, so we're not selling like you them, selling them.
1: Yeah. So we're basically we're we're taking on. I mean, think about Carbon Six, yep. right? Carbon Six has a portfolio of twenty brands. Let's just say or 20, 20 software companies. Let's say you guys decided one of them is really not necessarily a good fit anymore for the portfolio. It's not really a platform for you guys. It's just something that hey, good cash flow. Has a good brand, has a good business development arm. It's driving good leads. Let's go ahead and take liquidity out of this. Gotcha. So you would approach a guy like me, an investment bank, and we would do the work to then sell that particular portfolio yep. company to bring more liquidity to your to your PE fund, basically.
0: Gotcha. But in some cases, but we also do it for small brands. But in some cases, it's like that's their whole brand, right? That's everything they have.
1: Yeah, and I wanted to give a, a very germane example for you, so you kind of wrap your brain around going, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's exactly what we have." That's exactly what might happen. But for, yes, a business owner, it's all they've got. Like exactly. They, they took so it from you, nothing to something.
0: Yep. Gotcha. You. Following you. Thanks for the explanation too. So when you are um, working with these people, a lot of times, do you ever do deals where they're able to keep any part of the business or yes. is it? You do. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Yeah. So it's not, you know, the aggregator classes really come in. They buy, they buy out majority, all oh, the entire company. Right, right, right. For us, you know, there are situations where we'll sell a business where we'll sell 80% of the company, 70% of the company. And then there's 20 or 30 or 10% left over. That's cool. Like yeah, from so the, the owner I'm an gets, Amazon
0: seller. And for me, it's okay. like more attractive just in the sense that like I'm like, hey, I still got my baby a little bit. Right? A little like, bit. Well, yeah. what's
1: nice is, you know, depending on who the acquirer is, you get you get to actually take a bite out of the proverbial, you know, it's called the proverbial second bite of the apple. You know, and, and in most cases, when you're dealing with private equity, that <laughs> bite is actually bigger than the first. Because when PE buys a company. They don't buy it just to maintain it. They're going; it's two million EBITDA now. We're going to get it to fifteen, and then we're going to sell it to some middle market PE fund. We want to make it big, and so that the t- owning twenty percent of something that's now worth one hundred and fifty million may have actually been may actually be a lot bigger than the first bite. So, yes. totally
0: following you. So, um, great explanations all the way across the board. And let me ask a question. Why aren't more people like you doing this, right? You're not the only smart dude. In yeah, the world, that? that's right.
1: Well, I think part of it is it's a little bit of a perfect storm, at least for Global Wired. So my yeah. background, I didn't come from the finance world. I have three partners who all came from the whole, what's called bulge bracket investment banks. Okay. It's the Wells Fargo, the Deutsche, the Citibanks. They were managing directors um, and part of those investment banks. So they come with really large financial engineering. I come from CPG, so I worked in enterprise-level CPG, actually ranging from small to, to enterprise-level. Um, so I started off with a company. I was in Baby and toys. So I started off with a company called Combi, which is a Japanese publicly traded company. Okay. I moved to Evenflow, which was a half a billion dollar company owned by private equity. And then I moved to a small family. Oh, I say small. It was $150 million, <laughs> It was a small family owned business based out of Barcelona that was around since 1928. Cool. So my, my background is from that. I pivoted my own career to move fully digital because I was selling to buyers at Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Walmart, and I was so stinking tired of their subjective opinion. They wouldn't bring any data. So I said, you know what, I'm done here. I'm going to go talk to mom and dad, myself. I want to go find mom and dad. I want to have that conversation, that direct conversation, which is direct to consumer. And I really pivoted my career to be digital back in 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, you and I can rap all day long about Amazon and tacos and ACOS and CAC and ROAS and all that good stuff. And I think it was just the perfect storm where my three, we all met together. Um, We all, we're all from Charlotte. Um, And so when we all met, it was, Hey, Business owners and founders deserve a better process than a business broker. They deserve a better process than the current competitive landscape. And frankly speaking, even now the current competitive landscape. So we're not just going to be investment bankers that come in this space. We're going to be investment bankers who actually understand your business. So when I talk to you about sourcing product and I talk to you about product development and brand marketing you're going to feel a level of confidence with our firm that you may not feel with other investment bankers because they're just so financially driven. Sure, sure. That makes we're, sense. We're, we're boutique. We're only focused on consumer product companies. And so...
0: So let me ask another question just to interrupt, just play devil's advocate. What is the difference between you like specifically and aggregators, right? Yeah. Because I'm sure if you go out there a and lot. talk to the aggregators, they're gonna tell you all the same things. Hey, we care about your brand, we're gonna learn it. They can talk to you about ACOS, all those other things. They understand a yeah. lot of the Amazon business. Sure. So
1: what really like distinctively separates you from We're them? two different models. So um An aggregator raised money to buy Amazon businesses. There's 140 of them now.
0: Yeah, we know the big ones. Sure.
1: We only know the big ones. What's funny is the ones you don't know, the big ones have slowed down their acquisitions. I've heard that. And the middle ones are hungry. We talked to one who got funded and they want to do 37 deals this year. You don't even know their name. So, I mean, there's a lot of liquidity, but they only raise money to go buy. We're not buying anything. So, I engage with you and your Amazon brand and you say, find me the best buyer. So I go out there and I make sure that you get into a competitive process because if there's 150 aggregators. Yeah.
0: Cause that's a good point. That's a good point because like a so lot I'm not of these, buying anything, I'm yeah, helping yeah. you sell. You're, 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 you're on the sell side. That's right. And yeah, no, I got it. And that's, that's super useful in the sense that like, I thought about selling my business a couple of times and I was like, where do I start? Right. You yeah. know, the big ones, but absolutely right. Like if you could fish your business to a hundred people instead of five, chances well, are you're And, gonna find
1: something and the reality is the bigger ones have done a really good job at PR.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt.
1: But they're not actually the ones that pay the most. They might be like, I, so I had a, we had a deal that we took out to market. We want to put a content piece about uh, together about this, but we took a deal out to market back in June. Uh-huh. It had oh, 12 bids. And if I showed you the bids and where they landed, you'd have no idea really? who in the highest one, you don't even know who they are.
0: That's cool, man. Cause That's there's actually-
1: also a mixture of not only aggregators, but also private equity funds, family offices that are also bidding on the business. And definitely, no one knows any of the private equity funds chasing Amazon businesses. Nobody. So the only way you know it is if you go out like an investment bank does and do the hard work to research. And honestly, one of the things that we've done a really good job of is selling private equity, selling family offices on why Amazon is a good is a good asset. Like an Amazon-based awesome. business is so, a good
0: asset. So, what was the question here? I'm trying to think. Um, what would you tell? people that are thinking about selling their business like i was outside of of course working with you probably yeah. and I, <laughs> that's
1: pitchy man i don't like no no no, 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 no but course. yeah i got you
0: but like what like, actually what advice like where, where do people make like what are the biggest mistakes people that are considering selling their business make what what would you give you know a guy sitting behind the screen right now watching it you know in pennsylvania or wherever he's at right and he's thinking about hey maybe i should start this process What's, yeah what are the best? the biggest mistake picks.
1: is they rush it okay Second biggest mistake is they choose the wrong intermediary. So they actually choose the wrong representation. Okay.
0: What about timing? I always thinking about like earlier, you were talking about trying to time like whenever you're really, really growing. Obviously, it's really hard to sell something that's on fire because you feel like you know it's just going to never stop. But yeah. often it does, right? It, well, and there's, yeah, there's always like, a flip side. And like yeah. levels of sophistication get more and more difficult. As you get bigger, so, like sometimes you have more cash flow, yeah. potentially, and you can get more investment money to like help expand. But at a certain level, like expertise comes involved, comes in,
1: right? It does. And I say, look, it's a fairly subjective, when you're a founder owner, I mean, in the institutional world, there's always reasons to sell, to go IPO, you've got you've got shareholders, you've got invested interest, you know, you've got people who are, you've got a board that's pressuring you to, to sell or divest or go public, etc. But as a founder owner, it's a very subjective process. Yeah. And so in your own head... I think what I've I think noticed it's scary. Is, like, it is. I mean, founders and owners, what I've noticed when they're ready to go to market, they've started to divorce the emotion out of the company. And I think that's kind of where they start. My advice though, A, you know, do your diligence on trying to choose the right guy. Um, you know, there's there's gimmicks out there, there's people selling, don't don't pay any broker commission. There's a lot of just There's a lot of gimmicks. Do your diligence to really understand the right intermediary to take your business to market. What type of business do you have? Where is your business right now? Because the right intermediary, and yeah, sure, I'll pitch myself for a moment, but when they call Global Wired, the mic. No,
0: (laughs) no, of course, talk about it. When they when they
1: call Global Wired, we don't we're not putting engagement letters in front of first off, we say no more than we say yes. Because we get to know the company, we get to know the business. We get to understand what are you doing, what are you selling. You know, are you selling a silicon spatula and a weird garlic press? You know, 2016 wants their business model back. (laughs) But if that's what you're doing, I'm going to have a much different conversation with you. And you're not a sellable asset, but you might be cash flowing. And I'm going to say, hey, keep cash flowing. Don't waste your time. You're not going to find a bid. No one's going to buy your company. Yep. If you're brand brand oriented and you're brand focused and you've really got something that could genuinely rotate away from Amazon, um, you might be Amazon based. Well, we're going to have an entirely different conversation about that. We're going to have a conversation that says this might not be the right time because you need more size and scale. Yeah. This is how private equity would view your business. Um, and, and I dive into all the functions of the company. I mean, what's your product roadmap look like? Where is your sourcing coming from? You know, what innovation are you, tra- are you trying to develop? Are, is there any current cannibalization between SKUs? Why?
0: So what I'm pulling out of this is like, even like if we're talking to somebody right now that is pretty far and mature into the business, yeah. then like all of this stuff is relevant. But even from like the beginning, if somebody's thinking about today, starting to sell on Amazon, yeah, starting to think about, hey, if you really want to get the multiples for whenever you exit, yeah. Think about those things up front, right? hundred percent. Think about brand. Are there any categories specifically that are yes. like red hot or you think in the next five, 10 years will be red hot that you would recommend that people get involved
1: in? Yeah. That's, that's the other thing that we do. We do a ton of research. So we have a big research function. We hired a guy who heads our research. He came from one of the largest Wall Street research uh, firms in the country. They were selling, you know, research to hedge funds for hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. Um, so we do a lot of research inside of specific verticals and sub verticals. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I can tell you and it's basically, you know, it's based on the compound growth, but, you know, year over year and also the consolidation of that particular vertical. Um, what are the categories? No, I'm joking. Pet. pet. I was just about to say pet is so hot. Yes. I believe that is hot. Baby I products. Think everybody hot. got pets
0: during COVID, yeah. right? They everybody did. was lonely. Everybody they wants did, them. Yeah. just like, yeah.
1: So when I say so those it. things, I don't just make them up. That's why I, I want was to j- layer. I was in just the joking. Context. I wasn't <laughs> interrupting you, man. <laughs> So, anyways, but, well, this man, this has been awesome. This has been great. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, on. man. Yeah. No, I Car- think uh, Carbon Six rocks. Appreciate it, man. I'll go um, ahead no, you.
0: I learned a lot. Honestly, yeah. like this was fun, and uh, hope I wish you the best of luck in the Thanks, future. Man. And hope hope you can uh, help a lot of people. Maybe we can and do and some work together,
1: man. Get some software companies. We can let's sell do you it, guys. baby. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Everybody. Awesome, man. Take it easy.